Yes, uh, Pastor, I was saying, and uh, most probably I just need to also say again that um, a hearty welcome to all the listeners across the globe and also to our listeners in South Africa and also our listeners in Namibia, uh, of whom I have reason to believe would be quite a number listening in tonight because uh, we have uh, set all the uh, the. Uh, dates and the targets for a humbling event on the 30th of November. And I've mentioned, uh, well, as I said before, I think I've mentioned to you when, just after my visit to Namibia in the beginning of August that uh, there was a pressing on my spirit uh, as if the, sp the Father's Spirit is unctioning me to arrange for a Boer folk humbling event. Okay. Now, we've got the problem in South Africa that whenever the Boer folk are invited to a meeting or a what we call a Volksverrat, a, 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 a national Boer folk uh, getting together for yeah. uh, to discuss uh, the current situations or whatever, whenever we have a situation like this, of course, our presence is inundated by the Cape Dutch Afrikaners. Oh, boy. Purporting, purporting to be Boers, of course, they, first of all, they overtake everything by pushing their dominies, their ministers, their church ministers into every situation which needs to be discussed. Right. Barinskis, and, yeah. <laughs> like Jews, Barinskis. Like Jews. Well, well <laughs> as proto-Jews. Yeah, proto-Jews, there you go. And um, so, so it's difficult. How do you prevent these proto-Jews, these Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners, from penetrating an yeah. event? Because on the 21st of September this year, they presented a Boer folk humbling situation or a humbling event. Okay. But it was, again, inundated by the Cape Dutch Afrikaners churches, ministers, these dominies that um, are pushing the Judeo-Christian theology and the Judeo-Christian um, uh, uh, worldview, uh, yeah. yeah, worldview upon the Boers. Yes. And also, by the same token, they are actually shielding the Boers from what needs to be repented of. Right. And and also, of course, uh, having taken charge of the Boers' history, they are accentuating the lies and the deception as truth. And when I, I was invited to go to that event as well, and I was even offered a 10-minute opportunity to do a speech there, and I outrightly declined, even if they gave me a four-hour um a uh, time yeah. span or four-hour four window to do a speech, I would have declined as well because four hours isn't even sufficient for me to uh, touch uh, the the just the the tops of the lies and the deception which we have been um, subjected to and of course being brainwashed with. So for me to do a speech in four hours and also give the evidence to the fact that these massive lies, this absolute deluge of lies, which we have been inundated with over the past three generations especially, but even since Jan van Riebeek's days in 1657, uh, when the first um, ancestral parents of the Boers arrived in the Cape. So in any case, um, after I came back from Namibia in August, I started taking this matter further, I spent nights praying and I've spent nights um, talking with Father Yahweh on how it should be done. And Father Yahweh, well, one of the things that I asked Father Yahweh was, why with so many of these humbling events in the past, over, over the past 10 years, I think I counted something like 23. Okay. And on all 23 of those, nothing has improved, nothing has really changed for the better, for the worse, yes, but not for the better. Uh -huh. So when I 
when I spoke with Father Yahweh on this, he showed me that he turns his ear away from our callings if we don't adhere to certain terms and conditions and prerequisites in terms of our humbling before his throne. Right. In fact, we're not even entering unto his throne because we are too vile with the sins which we don't we, we, we don't know about. We, we, we don't, don't acknowledge. acknowledge it. Yeah. Yes. And in any case, so Father Yahweh gave me an insight as to what his terms, his conditions, and his prerequisites would be. And also, he gave me a date. And when I announced this, of course, I initially had such a lot, lot of, such a wide uh, acclaim for, for um, participation on this. And then somebody turned around and said, no ways, this is, um, this is not scriptural. This is uh, because it was Yom Kippur just the other day on the 8th of October. And the, the Boer folk were supposed to do a, um, a repentance of sins at that event. Uh-huh. And I, well, there was so much scurrying around about that. And I eventually uh, set out a voice message. Uh, repudiating the persons who had all of a sudden come up with all various types of excuses for trying to make this or trying to undermine and to to prevent the Boer folk from doing this event. And you won't believe it was just amazing how this event had been changed around I. Even from early this morning, telephone call after telephone call, message after message, WhatsApp messages, Telegram messages, and um, the, the, it just seems incredible the way it, it's like a uh, tsunami of people who are now willing to participate, and they want to know the terms and conditions and the yeah. prerequisites of, the, of Father Yahweh in doing this. So... Um, yeah. I'll be I'll be heading to the uh, to Namibia again, um, and um, that weekend of the 29th, actually the 28th already, the 29th, the 20, uh, the 30th, and the first of December okay. will be such a glorious weekend of uh, I wanted to say um, an awakening by or awakening of the Boer folk. Because of the subjugation to the terms and the conditions set by Father Yahweh in terms of okay. humbling, how do you humble yourself? Right, right. But, yeah, by admitting that you're a sinful person and uh, swearing that you'll never do that again, right? But the Judeo Christians yes. don't teach that. They, they teach that you can't sin because we were all saved at the cross, right? Yeah. That's what they teach. All right, yes, so how I, do you repent if there's nothing to repent of? Well, Pastor, one of the things that uh, is very evident out of scriptures is that the sins that are not repented of are not forgiven. Right. Which is an absolute fact. And now we're sitting with a situation that the Boers have been under the, um, the wrath of the Father Almighty since the April of 1901. And that was the start of the death of more than 34,000 Boer children and more than 4,000 Boer women. And, of course, the, everything changed from the April 1901. That was when the Boers' um, uh, the wives and children and the farms, more than 42,000 farms and farmsteads were burned down under the um, uh, Cape Dutch Afrikaners' insistence of the scorched earth policy by Kitchener. Right. And, and of course, then uh, after that, when the Boers started recovering out of that, they were, uh, they were confronted with the Cape Dutch Afrikaners and the Jews' um, uni unification of South Africa. Of course, the union nation, uh, the, this universalism, the spirit of universalism, in universalism that emanated from Babylon via Rome right. had now taken place in South Africa yes. and the legal union of South Africa, and it is purely illegal. There were so many contraventions of 
international conventions and international agreements right. uh, with the formation of the union and then also with the very, very, I would say, um, the, the deception at the union conventions itself or the convention right. itself. It's incredible, but that's a different story. But right. Pastor, so what I wanted to say is um, with November the 30th approaching very fast, I am prevent, uh, pre pre presenting the Boers with the terms and conditions and the uh, requirements that the Father sets for humbling and uh -huh. then also with specifically the sins of the fathers, which had, uh, uh, Yahweh had revealed to me, which needed to be repented of. Right. Yeah, there are many. <laughs> it, and there are many. Universalism is probably the biggest one. Well, it's very interesting because the topic that I chose for today is how yes. the globalists are trying to impose a universalistic religion called Judeo-Christianity yes. upon the Christian world, okay? Yes. Uh, we in identity are the only ones who teach the covenant message. Uh, everybody else is teaching the same religion that the Jews promote, namely universalism. Of course, they promote it yes. for us. They don't accept it for themselves. Yeah. But certainly the globalists, like the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, and big corporations, who really should have nothing to say about religion, are promoting this one-world government and this one-world religion. Okay? Well, Pastor, Go ahead. Pastor, of course, that is under the um, uh, principles of the Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion. I think it might be worthwhile us looking at the principles of the, or the, the rather, the Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion, um, the uh, the protocols one at a time right. and then discussing how those protocols had been influencing our lives over the past 400 years. Right. Yeah. Well, we can maybe address those next week and because I could prepare, you know, uh, something about the religious aspect of the protocols. And we yes. can talk about that next week in the context of this, this message, because this is going to be a multi-part series. But uh, yes, absolutely. But uh, you use the term domini which is the, uh, you know, the pr priesthood dominating over the people. In, yes. Revelation, in Revelation 20, I'm sorry, in Revelation 2, it talks, yeah. uh, verse 15, So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Okay, Yahshua yes. hates the Nicolaitans. Well, the, the, the word Nicolaitan, it's a Greek word, which means dominating over the people. <laughs> okay. Exactly. <laughs> Dominance over the people, which is your dominu. These false priests coming in, acting official, donning priestly robes, uh, crowns and what have you, uh, you know, uh, very fancy suits, and uh, impressing yeah. the people. But they're teaching lies. Yes, absolutely, uh, Pastor. Yeah, they also, yeah. um, these dominies, they dominate every aspect of social life within their communities, the school, they are usually the chairman of the school board. They are the chairman of the uh, community um, uh, uh, um, uh, business centers, etc. So they, they dominate every aspect of communal life in the areas where they live. And of course, if, if you oppose them, you find the wrath of all the church members against you. And I've seen that That's many right. times. If you run a business and you don't fall in line with what their domini says, they don't support your business. They ban your business out of existence. They'll, they'll even travel three times the distance to go and buy from a Jew than uh, they will come and buy from you. That sounds like that, Freemasonry. That's exactly of what course, Freemasonry well, does. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And okay. Of, and of, of course, um, in, in, uh, it was in 1983 when I was um, uh, uh, invited to become a Freemason. I read a book that was written by a Freemason, Afrikaans book that was written by a Freemason. And this Freemason said that the, the front portals of the Afrikaner churches are their best um, uh, uh, offices for uh, gaining new members. Okay. Um, and, 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 well, the church front, the, the 
what do you call it, the front porch or the front uh, portals of the church. Right. The entrance hall of the church is the best. Um, uh-huh. Recruiting? Recruiting station? Recruiting yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, that's because that's where they have the weddings, <laughs> right? <laughs> they have yeah. the the wedding procession coming in there and then coming out, and that's where they throw the rice at the married couple when the wedding's over. Yeah, I mean that's a very important part of the church, right? And that that's yeah. where new, potential newcomers will first approach the the domini, yeah. okay, who yeah. are there not to instruct but to dominate. That's the important point. Yeah. Okay, so. This article here, in fact, I forgot to put it into the chat room. And it's entitled, The War on Christianity, Part 1. And yeah. this is this is by a self-admitted half-Christian or half-white, half-Jew. So th- this guy, you know, he, he's on the inside with Judaism and he's on the inside of uh, uh, Judeo-Christianity, too. And so he sees yeah. it from from an unusual perspective. Very very few writers, uh, you know, would admit to being half Jewish, half white, and condemning the uh, Judeo Christianity. All right. Yeah. So here he says, producing a one world religion, a three step plan. Mm. Karl Marx denounced religion as the opiate of the people, and communist states tried extensively to abolish it. However. The Illuminist oligarchs who run most of our world, he sounds like a conspiracy freak, know that that man has a a Jewish conspiracy freak, know that man has a (laughs) spiritual nature which cannot be fully eradicated. They therefore deemed it more practical to infiltrate and control religion than to try to destroy it outright. Isn't that yeah. what, what's been happening with your domini of the what, reformed so-called Christian church? How many reformed well, Christian churches are there in South Africa? Uh, Pastor, there are basically, initially there was only the Dutch deformed, or rather, sorry, I, I started calling it the Roman reformed. Um, uh-huh. Deformed, Catholic, yeah, that's correct. The, the, Roman, the Roman reformed Catholic, uh, Catholic church. Okay. Because it's still Roman, by essence, because it still follows the doctrines of the Roman Catholic Church. Right, and the rituals, it's, many of the rituals too. Many of the rituals, the baptism is exactly, or rather the christening is the same. Right, it's not a baptism. And, yep. Yeah, and then also what they do is they um, they cling to the same feasts as the Roman Catholic Church do, like, right. uh, for example, yes. Christmas and Easter and uh, uh, Halloween. <laughs> yes. So uh, there's very little. In in fact, um, last week I posted a picture, a combined picture for you of the local Dutch Dutch Reformed Church. Uh, yes. And and if you look at the pictures, you'll see that there's in the, the Nimrod penis, which is the tower... Um, the bell tower or the clock tower, whatever, there is a symbol, 666, very, very distinctly um, marked on the uh, that um, uh, spire. And then on the, on the side of the building, you will find the star of Remphan, which is, which is exactly the same as this, the so-called star of David, um, which is uh, sculpt, sculptured into the design of the side of the window. And then if you look at the front entrance, the front entrance resembles the birth canal of the, the queen of the heavens, even complete with the pubic hairs. I don't know whether you've seen that. Yes, especially, but not... Uh, not merely uh, restricted to Catholic churches. Of course, uh, if you look at the mother, you'll see the daughters as well. When you see, look at the daughters, you will see the mother as well. Of course, the mother being the mother of the harlots of this earth. And um, once you go inside this church, it even becomes worse, Pastor, because right in the front, the the pulpit is raised about three meters. It's like 
somebody speaking out of the heavenlies. In other words, they elevate the the duomeni to the to be like an oracle out of speaking out of this height. And then there are spires on the duomeni's pulpit as well. They say uh, it's it's a it's such a lot of Freemasonry um, symbolism built into this uh, pulpit. And around the front of the pulpit, of course, there are a number of angel angels that had been, uh, you, you know, like monuments that are um, like around the pulpit. Well, it, it, it basically creates the illusion as if this Dermony is becoming the oracle or is even becoming the God who speaks down to the angels and the angels being at the same level as the people. So there's such a lot of, and of course they have a gargoyle as well. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, Pastor, well, well, Pastor, this has been the, the idea since the conception of the church in 325 AD or CE, the current uh, era. Be because, because if you look at Chrislam, the formation of Chrislam is exactly the same principles that were used with the form, well with the con uh, uh, the council of Nicaea 325 AD so and for the same reason to prevent the uh, weakening of the Roman empire by underlying um, uh, religious wars and for this exact this this unification of religions for the purpose of strengthening the Roman Empire. It's exactly the same as Chrislam today, where Christianity and Islam and other religions have come together in Chrislam to prevent the weakening of the new world order under religious wars. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Correct. Correct. And that is absolutely exactly what they did with the Boers as well, destroying the Boers' identity. Well, Pastor, it, it, this this brainwashing of the Boers was so intense that most Boers didn't, doesn't, even today, I wonder if 5% of the Boers know that they are Boers. And the problem is that about 65% of the Cape Dutch Afrikaners believe that they are also Boers. And they're not. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, I'm back now. I muted myself to cough, and I forgot to unmute myself. Sorry, <laughs> folks. I, uh, I'm not having a good weekend. Anyway, uh, so 
But yeah, I guess people didn't hear my quotation. You heard it. Let me read it again. The War on Christianity. The basic mechanism underlying the satanic New World Order is consolidation. In the context of nations, this has meant ending national sovereignty, bringing Europe from the common market into the European Union, and North America from NAFTA to the proposed North American Union, eventually merging these regional structures into a one-world government. In the world of big business, a parallel consolidation process is taking place as multinational corporations merge with each other and buy up small competitors. Well, the same type of consolidation is happening in religion, too. Yes, exactly. This um, uh, unwarranted universalization of everything that exists. Yes. Yes, it's, it's un- certainly unwarranted. You know, from the perspective of Yahweh, because uh, the, the conflict is between the covenant message of the Bible and the universalism yeah. of practically every other organization right. on the face exactly. of the earth. Not just religions, or all organizations Correct. That, that don't teach covenant message are cooperating with the Jew world order. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we have a huge uh, problem. But it's, we have to look at it as a, t- a challenge, okay? And so yeah. he goes on to say, the Illuminati also want consolidation of religions. The technical yeah. word for this is ecumenism, which comes from the Greek word ecumene, meaning world and earth. All avenues yeah. of life must be consolidated for the Antichrist to rule, and religion is no exception. British globalist historian Arnold Toybee stated, quote, I believe that in the field of religion, sectarianism is going to be subordinated to ecumenicalism, that in the field of politics, nationalism is going to be subordinated to world government. Hasn't the 20th century and now the 21st century been part of this plan? Yeah. Well, it's very evident that um, uh, all the agendas which are currently running, Agenda 21, um, various protocols are designed for the purpose of establishing this one world uh, unified order. Uh-huh. And, and of course, this is exactly the same as the Tower or the purposes of the Tower of Babel. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's the new Tower of Babel. In fact, the, uh, the headquarters, uh, I believe it's at the Hague of NATO, is a replica yeah. of the Tower of Babel. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, an incomplete Tower of Babel. Right? Yeah, they haven't gotten to the sky yet. <laughs> it doesn't even compare to American skyscrapers. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So, of the many tasks to which the Rockefellers committed their vast fortune, one was ecumenical religion, which apparently required three steps. Let's talk about the first one. One, degrade Christianity as a unique faith. This Mm. necessitated providing loans to major churches in exchange for doctrinal changes and funding seminaries that would produce quote-unquote modernist ministers who would undermine the faith. The subsequent weakening of Christianity would ultimately ripen it for consolidation with other religions. So this is by infiltration and subversion, folks. This is not yeah. Bible doctrine. Over to you. Yes, Pastor. In fact, um, this is uh, something which uh, the Boers were subjected to even from the first um, ancestral uh, parents that arrived in the in the Cape under Jan van Riebeek. Uh-huh. Of course, they were, they were uh, if they did not uh, succumb to uh, becoming members of the the Cape Dutch Afrikaners Church, they could not achieve or they could not earn their um, status as free burghers, which yes. meant that they would be slaves of the Dutch East Indian Company for the rest of their lives. Right. So they, so the, the only alternative was to become members of the Dutch Reformed Church, and of course, once they became members of the Dutch Reformed Church. They became part of this church and state uh, world order. Right. Yeah. Well, the Bible refers to this as mammon. Okay. 
That is, the churches have become mammonized. They're, they're more concerned about cooperating economically with the other institutions of planet Earth than they are with the gospel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it's quite interesting. Yeah. It's, it's quite interesting. Um, even though Jan van Riebeek established the Dutch Reformed Church in, in the Cape on their arrival, it took them two years to realize that after a journey of nearly four months in the most dangerous seas of the world, they had not stopped to think that they needed to say thank you to the, the right. God they worshipped. Right. For two years, it was only after two years that they realized, hold on, we still need to say thank you for the, the excellent the journey in which only... Yes. In which only two or three men had died. Yeah, so, yeah. And and also and also, um, Jan van Riebeek's uh, diary journal, the first volume which covers their departure from Amsterdam on the twelfth of December, sixteen fifty one, right through to sixteen fifty six, which means it was over four years that his first journal, the first volume of his diary journal, covered. The word prayer, and he wrote meticulously about everything that they did, even though in some instances what they did was only entered in a single few words, but he entered it into his diary. Right. And the word prayer only appears twice in, this, in the text wow. of his whole journal. Wow. Now you can imagine 96 men, 97 including Jan van Rubiak, and it's only men, no women. Right. Can you understand why there are sure. so many colors existing in the Cape? Right. And colors means half-breeds, for those who don't exactly. understand. Yeah. In English, or uh, uh, I forget the French called them. Mixed race. But, yeah. People mixed race of mixed people. race. Yeah. And uh, in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, they call them Creoles. Okay. So, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mixed race people. So, but here, Luke sixteen thirteen. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mm. Okay? Mammon is explicitly set, uh, uh, you know, in a contrast to God in this verse. Yeah. Well, the, the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, the Cape Dutch Afrikaners, being a, a product of the Dutch East India Company, they're mammon. Yes. They're mammon, folks. That's, That's what they are. Yeah. You cannot serve and them. Of, and, of course, the industries that they created are all related to exactly that, to mammon. Yes. Yes, amen. Okay, yeah. so no, point number two. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, let's see. Yeah. No, specific organizations such as the National Council of Churches would be formed as the framework by which various denominations and ultimately various religions could be brought together under the ecumenical banner. Okay, so the National Council of Churches was established by a secular group of people, namely all these corporations, the tax-exempt corporations, the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, the Mellons, the Morgans, and other people like that. Okay, their their impetus, their motive was not to uh, preach the doctrine or the gospel of Yahshua Messiah. It was to destroy it, but exactly. in a very subtle way. Over to you. Yes, Pastor, that has been the objective throughout with all the protocols of the learned elders of Zion. If you look at the way in which the descendants of the house of Jacob was persecuted over the ages, in, in fact, uh, still being persecuted, because in, in South Africa, if you, uh, if, if, if I can, for example, refer to some of the people whom, whom I speak with regularly, they say that ever since they discovered their true identity as Israelites and started living it, they've been rejected and ejected by right. their family, their friends, and even by their employers. So, it's it's a form of persecution. 
Oh, absolutely. If you adhere to biblical principles, you will be denounced by mammon. Yes. You will be denounced yeah. by this world. Okay? Uh, number three, yeah. to give churches motive for unification, social causes, such as the gospel of Marx and Lenin, <laughs> acceptable within the morals of most denominations and religions, that yeah. is, the ta- tax the middle class to give welfare to the poor, while the super-rich get tax breaks, would be promoted as rallying points for, quote, united action, unquote. So, what the, these three points clearly e- exhibit is that an outside agency, not from within the churches, but outside the churches, yeah. has infiltrated the churches in every possible way, and that's why today we have homosexuality, we have lesbianism, we have Islam, we have uh, voodoo being preached from the pulpits of the various churches in America and around the world. Yes, also so in South Africa, Pastor. In fact, um, uh, in South Africa, the Dutch Reformed churches are even accepting gay married ministers, dominies who are in marriage, uh, uh, um, uh, homosexual marriages are accepted now in the church as ministers, ministering ministers. So, of course, again, if if you look at the principles of the... Be fruitful and multiply. (laughs) 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 If you look at at the protocols of the learned elders of Zion, it's by design. Um, they, They wanted this uh, and of course, that is why it's also prom- prom- promoted within the church. And of course, sin is no longer a, an aspect which is being um, visible or, or um, uh, underlined by the churches because everybody is now uh, redeemed from sin because of Jesus that was crucified and sin being crucified on the cross and also the law and the statues of the Almighty being crucified, we can sin as we want to because we don't have any responsibility anymore because we are being sanctified by a law that doesn't exist. Right. Yeah, or it has been made up for us. And uh, since they've done such a good job of infiltrating the seminaries and the pulpits, the the white Christians who are sitting in, in these pews listening to this stuff they have yeah. no idea that the people preaching to them are total imposters. No, no, no idea whatsoever that their yeah. aim is to destroy Christianity, not to convert people to the true faith. Yeah. Well, they are blemished to the truth, Pastor. They are absolute blemish to the truth. Right. Amen. Amen. So he continues. The, the Illuminati is called degrading Christianity the early years. The Illuminati understood that Christianity would be difficult to incorporate into a world ecumenical movement because Christianity has always been unique among religions, offering salvation not by good deeds, well, this is uh, this interpreter's uh, you know, language, but offering salvation to the covenant people and to no others is really what it is, but yeah. faith, which includes faith in Jesus Christ through his finished work on the cross. Well, it's not exactly finished because he promised to come back and kick ass, you know, (laughs) and and, and burn the tares, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, but of course, this guy is a Judeo-Christian of of a a Jewish birth, so he's a half-breed by his own admission. So his his doctrine is not going to be covenant theology, but at least he's exposing the ecumenical, ecumenical movement and its shady origins and its and its ulterior motives. Yes, okay. and also it's um, the results that it produces, Pastor. Oh yeah. Be- be- because of course, uh, none of these agendas are being driven without having an ultimate uh, ulterior motive and objective. Sure. And this unification is for the purpose of. Um, miscegenation to take place at every level and amongst every uh, nation and tribe so that nobody can identify as a identifiable unit anymore. And this we see amongst the Cape Dutch Afrikaners because they call themselves Afrikaners. They 
uh, tell us that they are a unique people, but they are not unique. I, mm-hmm. I uh, love <laughs> to use the example in, in Namibia, there is a whole, a, a few hundred thousand of these um, uh, people of color, of mixed breed. Right. Who are called Afrikaners. Right. So when, so when somebody tells me he's a very uh, staunch Afrikaner, I ask him of what tribe, because yeah, right. in Namibia there's a tribe that are colored in, in the Cape Town, and in, well, not, not just in Cape Town, across South Africa there are people of mixed breed who call themselves Afrikaners as well. There are Islamites that call themselves Afrikaners, and even in Soweto there are blacks who call themselves Afrikaners. So which... Which part of the Afrikaners are yeah. you then to such a yeah, proud the, Afrikaner? Yeah, right, the, the Creoles, <laughs> the Creoles, the whites, the Israelites. Yeah. Which one? Which one are yeah. you talking about? Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, to, to this end, the Rockefellers heavily funded, <coughs> excuse me, seminaries that would question the gospel. The most notorious probably being Union Theological Seminary in New York City where the most Jews are. It was Presbyterian theologian Charles Briggs, both a graduate and professor of Union Theological Seminary, who in the late 19th century prominently introduced into America higher criticism, claiming the Bible was full of errors and denying that many of its books were actually written by the attributed authors. Okay? So, the questioning of the gospel has come from hired Hirelings yeah. of the Illuminati. And if you don't realize that, you don't know what's going on in the world. Yeah, but the, 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 uh, the strange thing about it, Pastor, is the, the fact that these translations that do occur are controlled by the Freemasons as well. So the Freemasons actually provide the deception in the translations. The Afrikaans... Uh, translation of the scriptures, in fact, is rife with um, uh, with with uh, deception in in on various levels. Uh-huh. And um, for example, by removing the name of Father Yahweh from the scriptures six thousand eight hundred and twenty-eight times in the Afrikaans language, only six thousand eight hundred and twenty-four times in the King James version, because the the name Jehovah appears, and you know what Jehovah stands for, the right. name Jehovah only appears four times in the King James Version of the Scriptures, but the other 6,824 times it was er- eradicated and removed right. and replaced with the word that re- um, uh, th- that means bile. Right, right. Yeah. And Lord, translated as Lord, uh, for which there was no reason whatsoever to replace yeah. Yahweh, the, the Tetragrammaton, with Lord, as we discussed in our previous series on the Tetragrammaton. Okay. So, continuing here, in 1922, Baptist pastor Harry Emerson Fosdick, another graduate of Union Theological Seminary, delivered a Mm -hmm. controversial, it should be called Union Theological Communist Seminary, delivered a controversial sermon called Shall the Fundamentalists Win? At the First Presbyterian Church in New York, in it, he cast doubts on the Bible being God's word, the virgin birth, the second coming of Christ, and even Christ's death on the cross serving as atonement for his sins. Now, aren't these exactly the points that the Jews make against All Christianity? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This is Jewish. It's totally Jewish. Yeah. Over to you. It's Talmudism as well, Paul. So if you... Uh... Uh, if one reads through the Talmud, you'll find that these are the, the points of contention that are so many times uh, de- um, uh, 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 quoted by the Talmud as being uh, uh, madness and uh, a, a, a joke and I don't know what else, but uh, also made a, a, a blasphemed against. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So you see the tactic of hiring Shabazz Goy, Shabazz Goy preachers, to do the dirty work of the Jews and put a white face slash Christian face on blasphemy. Yeah. 
That's what's going yes, on here, absolutely. folks. It is. It's, yeah. And he denounced fundamentalists who held these beliefs as intolerant. See, we must have yeah. tolerance. We must have tolerance for blasphemy. The sermon sparked outrage. The General Assembly of the Presbyterian Church demanded an investigation of Fosdick, who was forced to resign his partnership or his pastorship. Hooray! Yeah. Those Christians had a backbone in those days. However, yeah. he was then immediately hired as pastor of Riverside Church, the Uh-oh. church attended and then built by John D. Who do you Rock-a-maga. know? Rockamaga. Yeah, Torquemada. <laughs> Rockamaga. Rockefeller at a cost of $4 million. Now, why would John D. Rockefeller have an interest in distorting and destroying Christianity? Yeah. Okay. So, folks, this is where it all started here. The Rockefellers are behind the destruction of Christianity and the modern movement called Judeo-Christianity, which is universalism without a doubt. You know, the yeah. denial of the covenant message of the Bible that only Israel, true Israel, not the Jews, only true Israel are his covenant people. And, uh, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Foster, uh, sorry, if I can uh, perhaps interrupt at this juncture, uh, what I'm just thinking about as well, we should also talk about uh, the n- uh, new apostolic reform movement which is, of course, a continuation of what we're reading here, which happened a um, hundred years ago, a century ago, is currently being continued uh-huh. with just with new names, the New Apostolic Reform mu- uh, Movement. Right. I, I'm not sure whether you know about that. No, I haven't heard of it. Okay, I'll send you information on that. We can discuss that at the later stage, Pastor. Right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, th- this onslaught against true Christianity continues uh, hot and heavy. And, you know, of course, it's just gotten worse in the last few decades, okay? So, Rockefeller paid for 130,000 copies of Fosdick's notorious sermon to be printed and distributed to Protestant ministers. Mm. Now, you would think that the Protestant ministers would consider this to be a joke. Yeah. But I, but I believe if there's a $1,000 bill <laughs> inside of every booklet, you know, that they might yeah. be persuaded, okay? Significantly, yeah. Fosdick's brother Raymond was president of the Rockefeller Foundation for 12 years. It just you, shows you. Yeah, right, okay? So it's, it's like the, uh, oh, who were the brothers uh, under Eisenhower? that uh, basically got America involved in, in the Vietnam War. But, uh, yeah, it, there's always these pairs of brothers that are, you know, undermining, working together, undermining Christianity. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, yeah. The, the, the Kennedys were, uh, of, of course, they promoted uh, Roman Catholicism. But um, and, and they are not the ones that you're thinking of. It might be... No. Um, uh, well, the Bushes is a perfect example. Right, the Bushes, uh, the Bush brothers, for sure. Now, these were yeah. under Eisenhower. The, uh, yeah, is... yeah, in, uh, in the 50s. The, yeah, in the 1950s. And there are the two brothers. One of them was his Secretary of State under Eisenhower. And they're it's the not ones... Edgar Hoover. No, no, he was FBI. These guys were members of the government okay. uh, and, uh, in Eisenhower's cabinet, actually. Okay. Yeah. So uh, they're the ones who got us involved in Vietnam, okay? Right. And as a result, JFK wanted to abolish the CIA because the mm. CIA was cooperating with these two brothers uh, in, in turning this uh, turning uh, America to the into a warmonger state, okay? Yeah. The, which was totally opposed to Kennedy's idea of what America should be. So and this is so, why. This is why. Oh, I'm sorry. We got uh, we got some. Uh, heavy, I'm sorry uh, about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So anyway, let yeah. me uh, finish this here. The war on Christianity. We have about three minutes left. Okay. Yeah. Significantly, Fosdick's brother Raymond was president of the Rockefeller Foundation for 12 years. The views expressed by theologians like Briggs and Fosdick were called modernism, 
which also mm. included denying Christ's divinity, miracles, and resurrection, and the virgin birth. In yeah. short, modernism was not merely quibbling over some gray area in a passage of Scripture. It was a complete repudiation of the faith's major tenets. And with Rockefeller backing, it made its way into seminaries, Christian colleges, and churches across America. Modernism did not simply happen. It was an orchestrated, financed agenda. Listen, Christian, over to you. Yes, absolutely, Pastor. Um, and, and that was so far-reaching. In fact, the um, it still reverberates across the globe to this day. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's part of the Illuminati and Freemason agenda. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. But then, of course, people in the, in the mainstream will deny that the Freemasons have any power, right? Or that there's a, you know, they, they say we're promoting a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if, if everything is try, they're trying to uh, brush everything under the conspiracy theory mat. Right. The carpet. <laughs> carpet. Yes. Okay. John Foster Dulles. He was Eisenhower's Secretary of State. That's and, correct. And, and Alan Dulles was the head of the CIA. Yeah. These two brothers did more damage to America than even the Bush brothers. Even, uh, was the, yeah. was the Dulles um, the Dulles uh, airport not named after the one as well? He oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. John yeah. Foster Dulles, a major, a major globalist working for the Eisenhower regime. Okay, yeah, and of course Eisenhower was Jewish himself, so you know he was a globalist and, and a pro yeah. a pro uh, you know, Kyrgyzstan politician his whole life okay yeah so so yeah the, the dulles brothers and they were around actually in the early days the, the dulles brothers were actually around when all of this was happening here with the fosdick brothers yeah okay they, they were uh they were involved in secret societies even in this era as well okay correct so i wonder if this article will actually bring them up but in any case this is uh, part one today of how Christianity has been undermined by ecumenism. And uh, what what can we do about it, folks? Well, we can start by exposing it. Okay? Absolutely. So, all right, folks. Thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh. Pass the ammunition. And have a Jew-free day. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Yes, excellent. Thank you very yeah, much, Pastor. Okay. Praise Yahweh. Praise Yahweh. Okay.